Good evening, uh, everybody. Welcome to Betwixt the Shadows. Welcome to Betwixt the Shadows. We're your hosts hey. today and Sal. And we have a new president today. We have an amazing new president today. Um, and a new, a new world has started, I believe. I think mm -hmm. uh, that America is going through a sigh of relief. I'm not the psychic on the show, but uh, I definitely, I've definitely You're seen it in my, yeah. in my clientele. Uh, today at the store, people are very happy. And we're looking forward to something new. So I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic today. What moved me the most? I loved, I loved getting to see um, President, Vice President um, inauguration. But my favorite part of the day was the young girl that was the uh, inauguration poet. She was very, she, she was so good. She had me crying. I was, I was crying for sure. That's given us hope and bringing us back to the country that I'm actually proud to be in. Yeah, right. It's been a minute. I feel like yeah. this is a new year. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel that way on the first. I feel like now it's a new year. I was super stoked. I made French macaroons for some of my neighbors and just like wanted to do something that felt like a celebration. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's great, great, great. So I've had this problem before we get into it. It seems like to me, and this is probably me just picking things apart, because I'm sure we all do this when we're, we have shows or like you do. It feels like whenever I watch our show, people are looking up my nostrils and it really freaks me out. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what's going on with that. So um, I'm like not double knuckling or anything. I'm, I mean, it's just like crazy. So I'm like, I'm talking like this tonight just to be play it safe. Just watch your camera. And the thing is, you got to put you got to put your lens up higher so it's coming down on you. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm working on that. And I, I got my new MacBook Pro this week and I can't figure out how to make it work. I got really mad at it. And I think I'm going to give it to my wife and just stay with what I've got. Yeah. I mean, or just use it for when our show gets back to normal and the shadow crew can use it for the show. I know, I'm you ready know. for that day to come. We can all just- You and me both, honey. So <laughs> telling you, so what's going on with you? Tell, talk to us about our future. Um. All right, well, there's a lot going on. Um. We had the sun move into Aquarius on the 19th. So yesterday it started and Aquarius, I think it's kind of interesting timing because Aquarius is sort of the sign of like social change and um, our social structures in a lot of way. And it is a political, it is more, more of a political sign. Um, it, is, it is supposed to be revolutionary. Um, one of its rulers is Uranus, which is sort of like, pushes us to evolve. Okay, Sal, bring it, just, you know, okay. Um, it pushes us, it's a little bit of like, it pushes us to evolve sort of in ways that are sometimes unexpected. Um, it's also ruled by Saturn. So Saturn, Uranus. So there's like Saturn, which is our structures. And, you know, I've gone over this, like every time I talk about astrology, that Saturn is our structures and Uranus is the wild card. So it's sort of like how we have to shake up our structures. Um, it's an air sign. So, you know, until the sun switches signs again, we're going to be looking at, you know, more intellectual conversation, more kind of like aha moments and small talk won't be easy, an easy thing to do. Now, Aquarius can be a little bit like, can get a little extremist. So we have to watch our political arguments, um, especially, you know, now that we have hit this sort of landmark where we have our new administration in, like it's time to put the Trump arguments to rest. It's time That's to right. It's time to be humans again and love yeah. each other. Exactly. Be what America's supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, even if you're still mad at people who support him, if you try to talk, just, just, just cut off the conversation. You don't, you don't need the stress mm-hmm. and just, you know, you're not going to change anyone's mind at this point, you know? And, you know, I believe that, um, that president Biden said, I love saying that president Biden said that, you know, it's, it's time to put that away. It it's is. done. We're all Americans. We're all together, regardless of whether we're, you know, any different political view, it doesn't matter anymore. We're here now. We have a new year to start with new, a new group of people. And I think that we can do amazing, beautiful things. So, I love, with everyone. I love the shift that we have in our, in our president that we could look to that now we have someone who's saying, I'm working for all Americans. If you didn't support me, I'm still going to fight for you. When it used to be like, Hey, F you like, you know, like Trump was so like, if you don't support me, F you. And so I'm just like, it's just really nice and refreshing to have someone that isn't like that. (laughs) Um, We have some aspects coming up that I wanted to talk about. So Uranus, again, the wild card is conjunct Mars. Um, and Mars is sort of like our passion and our drive and our get up and go. Um, and there's a little bit of a square happening and it will be, it, it has been happening and it will be happening between Saturn and Jupiter. So again, it, because Uranus is in the mix, it's very unpredictable. Um, handle, like it's kind of just like handle your business right now with Saturn being square Mars and Uranus. It's sort of like any responsibilities that you neglect could really fuck you right now could really, really, really cause problems for fuck you. Fuck you and Uranus? Fuck you and Uranus, yeah. Um, and Jupiter- I had to say that, I'm sorry. Whenever I hear you say that, I always think of like, I feel like I'm on Family Guy and somebody says, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jupiter is the, in the mix too and Jupiter likes to make things bigger. So if you have problems that you're not handling, Jupiter is gonna make them bigger and Uranus is gonna kind of just slap you with it whenever it feels like it. Um, on January 23rd, we have the sun conjunct Saturn um, and it's squaring Mars. So basically you just need to keep your ego in check. I would say the general theme over the week um, is, you know, because we have other aspects and I could run through them all, but if I was going to condense things a little bit, which I want to do because we need to get to ammo. Um, right now, you know, there's stuff going on that can help you see into your future and sort of see where you want to go. But because Mars is dealing with so much conflict in the cosmos, it's not necessarily a great time to act. So it's really more about a plotting and planning phase. Obviously, if opportunities come up, you know, take them, but don't get cocky because it's not going to be good for you right now, at least not on January 23rd. Um, so just think things through, try not to be overly impulsive. Great advice. Thanks. Sorry, I'm, I'm adjusting some stuff. Just trying to get my nostrils out of the screen. Okay, Yay. so nostrils. Okay, it was just not what I was thinking. It was just bugging me. But um, yeah, that, that, was, that was a really good forecast, actually. I'm just so, everything's so positive right now. I'm, I'm really happy. You know, I, I just keep saying that. I'm sorry to sound goofy because I'm supposed to be the, the gothy dark one, but I am. I'm really fucking happy right now. It's just a good thing. You good know, times. There was an article released by the New York Times recently about how goths are typically happier than like squares because yeah. we just do embrace death, we dance, we like a lot of a lot of the goth people like kind mm-hmm. of healthier. But it's really that like having embraced death that um, yeah. makes it that people are like, okay, the goths are happier. You want to hit a couple of questions before we start? Uh, are we going to have our guests jump on? 
so that she um, can post? Um, why don't we do a couple together? So I, I want to savor her a little bit and then we can kick it in. Okay. So what, is, there, is there a couple that maybe we have from last week or is there anything that we need to... I've got hit? a page. So we've got some... God, <laughs> let's do a couple. Let's do, let's do the first two. Okay, perfect. Um, hello, Sal and Renee. I hear you talk a lot about working with the planets. For example, you'll discuss a scenario or question then say something like, here I'd be working with or going with Mars or Venus or Pluto, etc. What I'm trying to understand more clearly is how you go about doing this. I guess I'm trying to understand the practicalities of planetary magic in practice. You two beautiful creatures talk really fast. I try to understand and keep up though. Much love, Christopher Hall, our dude. Our dude. Mm -hmm. This is how we do it, Chris, right here. This is how we do this it. This is how we do it. Yeah. So when I'm, when I, you know, specifically the way I, the way I teach people, um, myself and Renee has variants on it and she actually expounds upon it a little differently because she also works with the modern planets, which is very cool. But that, um, when you hear me talking about it specifically, every planet is the day of the week. You got to look at the planets as technically they were named after the days of the week were named after the planets, the seven ancients. That's why we have seven days. Um, because every day Ptolemy believed that each planet had a specific vibration or energy. What's that? Oh, there you go. Ptolemy. Ptolemy, there you go. So he built loosely built that system. So the system that we work with is based off of Ptolemaic scale, the Chaldean oracles, and the Chaldean calendar. And the color spectrum is based on the Kabbalistic tree of life um, in Kabbalah. So when I'm saying every day of the week, so when you look at the moon is Monday, moon day, right? Tuesday, Mars, Wednesday is Mercury, Thursday is Jupiter, Friday is Venus, Saturday is Saturn, Sunday is the sun. This is the spectrum that you work in. And then there's certain graphs and things you can get. I mean, we, we, I'd be happy to, you know, if you ever want to get one, we sell them here at the store and we can send it to you, obviously. But each one of these tells you specifically what each planet does. And I'm showing people that aren't using this as a podcast right now, but it will show you. Now, let's just say, take, in, for instance, uh, Mercury, which is my favorite one. Mercury is really good for communication. It's really good for anything to do with the arts. It's also anything for anything that you use for technology. It's technologically based. Um, travel, movement, and the, the older arts, the science, mathematics, these are all governed by Mercury. So if you're doing a spell where you're trying to have something signed to get like some legal documentation happening or a job maybe, and you're, you're, signing, you're trying to get you know, communication going with the employer and signing the contracts to get this job, you go specifically into Mercury to do that. And this is where you start using the colors. So if Mercury is obviously Wednesday, Wednesday is, is hoed on the Kabbalistic tree of life and it is also the color orange. So you would use an orange candle and then you would associate it um, by using herbs that are um, based around mercury. Now, as you get a little bit further into this type of magic, um, you can also start bringing in energies of the other planets into 
the base planet that you're working on. So mm -hmm. if you're working in Mercury to get the contract signed, but maybe you want expansion to happen, you can bring in herbs of Jupiter on a, marsh, on a mercurial candle. So this is where all that comes from. And we figure that out first off by the days of the week, but the, the beauty of the system is maybe you don't wanna wait till Wednesday to do that Mercury candle because it is uh, Thursday afternoon and you have an interview on Friday. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna go into the hours of the day. Every hour of the day is also governed by one of the seven ancient planets. And you find that out by using certain applications that you can get on smartphones. There's certain um, timetables that you can actually reference on the internet and books have them. But um, my favorite app is called Planetary Hours and it's a purple app button with a seven pointed star on it. And that will tell you exactly when to light the candle and do that work. So that's, that's my perspective on it. And now Renee, why don't you tell about the other three planets? Cause that's um, different from what I do. Yeah, so we have all the seven planets, you know, the traditional planets. Well, the sun and the moon are, are luminaries, but we use them as planets. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have Uranus, Neptune and Pluto. And so this, like if I'm using, with the exception of Pluto, um, I'll use Pluto by itself, but that's just because I have strong Pluto in my chart. So like, when I'm working with planetary magic, a lot of the times I'm looking at the astrology that's happening. I'm looking, I'm looking at my natal chart. I'm, you know, I'm looking at what's happening in the cosmos and how I can tap into, you know, how those energies are working with each other and talking to each other right now or in the moment or when I want to do my spell. So Uranus is going to be like, if I wanted to invoke more like, like psychic downloads, like aha moments, epiphanies, or, um, like almost like strokes of brilliance or creativity. Like I could almost work with uh, Mercury and Uranus. Like if I wanted those quick thoughts to come through, um, if you're going to do something like that, then you'd have to also just watch your tongue and make sure that you don't say crazy shit because Mercury is also not just your thoughts, but what you end up saying. Um, Neptune is fantasy and illusion and it can be drugs. It's the dream world. So if I wanted to do some sort of like, almost like 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 a beauty magic or like a glamour magic I would use Venus and Neptune together because it's like it's alluring and it's got this sort of like ooh, like mysterious like sexy energy to it mm -hmm. and then Pluto is the destroyer um and so I don't usually I don't usually pair up Pluto with anything but it's because I have very strong Pluto in my chart so I feel like I can connect with that energy really easily but I would say you know Pluto on its own represents power. So a lot of the times if I want to really add a punch to a spell, like a spell that's existing outside of Pluto, I'll add some Plutonian energy in there just to like really fucking like slam it through. So it's like a little bit of a power, like a little bit of a power punch. That's, um, kind, of neat. that's kind of like how we'd use Van Van, which is a, a, a conjure or hoodoo oil. And this is also how a lot of ceremonial magicians use dragon's blood because dragon's blood is Mars, but it's a booster. It's high octane in any spell work that you're doing. It ramps yeah. it up. And I'm sure, honestly, I'm so sure, Sal, that like if you and I really sat down and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to add Pluto to this spell. And you're like, oh, yeah, Van Van Oil. And we looked at like what the components of Van Van Oil were. We could probably find like a Plutonian tie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we yeah sure. We find ways to connect what we're doing. We're just kind of calling it 
different things. Cause I noticed, you know, as I start to study different forms of witchcraft and divination, like they all just sort of like start to inter intertwine and interweave. Sure. Good question. That Very good question. Chris question. always comes through with a good one. Yeah, Chris is a good yeah. one of our, he's our dude. Yeah. He's, he's like our good. he's like Shadow Crew almost. He's, he's like almost that. like Shadow Crew, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this one's for me. Hi Renee. I actually have a question for tonight's episode of Betwixt the Shadows. Huge love for both you and Sal for holding space for everyone to have some fun and gain some magical some magical knowledge. Mm -hmm. I am wondering what magic ceremonies, etc., you recommend for stepping into a personal place of owning your own sexual power or how to empower yourself as a sensual being. Hope that makes sense. Thank you in advance. I would go, I would go to Mars Pluto because it's Scorpio and Scorpio is the sign of sex uh, and Pluto is power. So um, I would almost, you know, I would almost look at your own chart if you got something that you do i would look at your chart and see where your scorpio um you know if you have any planets in scorpio or what house is ruled by scorpio just so you know like you know just kind of familiar familiarize yourself with that energy a little bit more on a personal level but i i mean there are so many different ways you could do this my mind does initially go to scorpio but also like doing a meditation on your sacral chakra doing a meditation you know doing doing a ritual to pan because he's sort of like the you know sex drugs rock and roll god in a lot of ways and so you know that that could be a way that you go i think that you know it's good to do research especially if you're sort of just figuring out what it is that you are doing within like the witchy realms i think it's always good to sort of research various things online and play with different things and try different things to see what resonates with you because what I advise or what Sal advises might not always be the thing that makes mm -hmm. sense to you. What do you think, Sal? Um, I think it's, uh, the, the, your, you know, sacred sexuality is really important. And, um, you know, the feminine divine is very important. You know, being, if you, you know, if they're female specifically or those that identify female energy, um, definitely work with that, you know. Um, also, you know, you've got a lot of really great deities out there that work with them. I mean, not to play it out because I think she's almost over-sexualized, but Lilith brings in a lot of sexual energy, but she's not solely a sexual being, but it's definitely a, a dominance factor, a dominant female sexuality. I definitely would spend a lot of time um, within, within your own realm. Um, I would bring in certain herbs. Um, if I was to make like a something for you, I would create a Grigri bag um, that would be consist of various components that would belong to you personally that come from your body, um, as well as um, some Jezebel root um, and some, some other herbs that specifically move towards that area, like blood root is great. Um, and I would have you start carrying that and working with that in meditation as well as sleeping by it because it'll start to exude in and, and help you pick that up. Yeah. You know, I also think too that wearing lingerie and, you know, even if it's under your clothes and you're the only one who's seeing it, like wearing lingerie, having dance parties in your underwear, like even going outside of magic, just sort of like tapping into that aspect of yourself. I think those are great things to do uh, as well. And, and one of the things that, too. sorry, no, one okay. of the other 
one of the other things that you should look in, and, and I'm, I'm dating myself when I say this, and I am not trying to um, put you in a narrow space of magic, but purely just for the factor of sacred of women's sexuality, dominance, um, really owning who you are and using the art of seduction and sexuality, you should definitely openly with an open mind, read the satanic witch, especially the forward by Zena LaVey. It's dated, but it really has amazing abilities that it, that brings out a lot of, um, you know, dominant sexuality in women and allows them to really hone in on it. Yeah, I think that an, an important thing to say though, because I know that like I've voiced my issues with that book before to you. And one way that you did put it into perspective was like how you're talking about, you know, you have to consider the time in which it was written. Yes. Yeah, you can't be bruised by like modern times. If you're if you're if you're somebody that is caught up in modern realm and you got to remember this was written in 72. So, you have to take things with a grain of salt and not be freaked out by certain terminologies because there's going to be things in there that they're going to come off as sexist and repressive or manipulative. To, yeah, but and manipulative, but also the art of manipulation is a beautiful thing. I think um, I don't see anything wrong with manipulation. Um, I, I believe it's very much one of the witch's abilities. Mm -hmm. A true witch's abilities is being able to coerce and manipulate is a super gifted thing. And um, I'm all for that, um, for women to be able to do that. Um, but you definitely have to look at it as a dated thing. I've had, I got girls that come in here still to this day and they, that book doesn't stay on the shelf. It, it's just, it constantly moves. But I always preface that it was written in the seventies. It was at a different yes. time. The author is dead. His, the, the forward is really what I liked even more was Zena speaking, not so much Anton speaking, but when Zena wrote the forward and it, it was really well done. But. I also think amber oil is a really nice oil. And that's the last thing I'll say cause we gotta like make sure yeah. we're moving. So we are moving on time. Um, 723. So what's going on here is we are bringing in our, um, technically our second guest ever. Um, we did have Mia on, but she was a standing co-host while you were gone. So she wasn't a, a guest, even though she, you know, she's still Mia and she, everybody loves her. Um, we had, Scar had Scarlett and Maris and it just so happened that, that Renee couldn't make that one, which was kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I want to have her back so I can be yeah. there. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. Um, so we're bringing in Ammo, um, the fitness witch. Ammo, let me preface this by saying, I have not known Ammo near as long as I've known most of the people in my life. Um, I've known Renee far longer than I've known Ammo. Um, that being said, Ammo, if you could have pressed me in dough and made a cookie out of me, and then her and I are the same in so many ways, that it's kind of freaky. We, I, <laughs> huh? I remember, well, I remember when I brought Ammo into the Crooked Path because we have mutual friends from New York, Ammo and I. Yeah. So we, we met through like the Instagram reader community. And I remember when I brought Ammo into the shop and you were, you were describing her like this, like how much you guys got along. And I was like, are you trying to make me fucking jealous? Like, <laughs> like bringing this bitch up in here. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like took me and said, 
Oh, she's Mine back. Now. There she is. We didn't introduce her. Well, there she is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ammo. Hi. What's going on, freak? Oh, uh, you know, the usual. Sister from another mister? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know, celebrating, you know, the uh, that the shit show is, is over, at least like with uh, he who shall not be named. Yes, and, he's uh, gone. Yeah. He's gone. And I'm sure you and Renee will have a lot to talk about with astrology, which is going to be, I'm sure this is going to be a little bit of a longer show tonight, which I'm totally down with. Um, but I'm going to jump on here and um, I wanted to preface, you know, a little bit about you. Um, you know, Ammo is, I've got some years in, in witchcraft and ceremonial magic. And I, and I honestly can say Ammo has as much, if not more knowledge in so many places that I don't have knowledge. Uh, she is an amazingly well-rounded individual. She's a fucking native New Yorker. She's a badass witch. Um, she's a ceremonial magician. She is a Gardnerian witch. Um, and there's so many backgrounds that we can discuss tonight. But um, one of the main ones I want to discuss is a word that a lot of people really don't um, know about. We always talk about Santeria and voodoo, but you are a you are in a family line through your godfather, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That is in Kimbanda. And what I'd like you to do for us first is tell us a little about what what Kimbanda is and what is the difference between it and what people know as Santeria and Voodoo. So Kimbanda began in the transatlantic uh, slave trade, and it basically combines African beliefs, indigenous cultures, and European witchcraft. And that's really what makes it unique. Like when the slaves, some slaves just left everything behind that wasn't there so they just incorporated the saints certain saints just started incorporating everything that they found and everything they came across with with their own beliefs um so there's no saints like santeria in kimbanda and the main thing is that there are legions of spirits there's eshu which is the male spirit, and there's Pombajira, which is the female spirit. There's legions of both, meaning there's many, many Pombajiras, many Eshus. And the idea is that you're born with guardians, like your holy guardian angel, or like your Orishas, your spirit guides, that you have, the males have uh, Eshus, and they both have both. So we both have two Eshus, two Pombajiras. And those are the spirits that you work mainly with. And then all of the um, all of the nature aspects are different kingdoms that you go into, you know, the beach, the woods, the crossroads, et cetera. And you gather things and you leave offerings for each one there and you can work outside. Working outside is preferable. They're chaotic spirits though, because they're, they're very human in that they have been, a lot of them have like the mythologies that they have been in human form. Uh, so it's a lot of work with the dead and you basically are working with, it's, they're not so much above us. They're like, we deal with the lower ends of humanity. It's like, they-, they Like Chthonic? Like the underworld realms or what do you mean? Um. Like, like in Brazil, it's looked at as black magic because 
they help criminals. There's no morals. Okay, that's basically what I'm trying to say. It's like, they'll help you do whatever the fuck you want to do, and they're not going to question you. Mm-hmm. They're like, you want to do it? Let's do it. You know, they're like, we're not going to say no. We'll help you. You know, that's like your, your, you know, your morals is your own problem. Like, so is the, when you, when you talk about the spirits, are they actually pantheonistic? Is it like the Loire or is it like a whole different set of realms that are they deity or are they not? I don't understand that. They're, they're spirits that you work with on a very, like, let's like the most basic way to work with the spirit is a candle, some tobacco, and some alcohol. Like I, so I basically, like if I want to do something outside, I could draw the, the sigil, the, it's called the panto, a panto, right? Uh-huh. I draw that on a piece of cloth. I put a candle, I throw some alcohol and some tobacco on it. And I can do a ritual in the middle of a crossroads off of Vineland, you know, and Aqua Vista, <laughs> you know. Nice. Not, not that I would do that because hi, that's really obvious, but like that's, it's, it's very simple like that. Right. You know, it's, it's not, yeah. not complicated. You don't need, you can have statues and all sorts of complicated things, but um, possession is involved as well. It's, it's very big on possession. Um, it's definitely, I have four different initiations. It's the most intense of the four. Okay. Define your, your, per, your version of possession. Um, I had no control of my body. Like I, I was present. Some people don't really, I, I mean, because of my gardenarian background and because I'm also a medium, um, I'm used to things coming through me, you know, and, and me being like a vessel for spirit. But this was definitely like, my experience with Kambanda is, is more intense and more human than anything else. It doesn't feel above me. It feels with me. Beautifully said. You know, I mean, that's really the, you know, uh, and like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that before I said it, but like, that's how I feel. Like they understand human suffering. They understand like laughing and crying and like struggling to make ends meet, you know, and just like getting through your day, you know. So are these, uh, now these spirits, do they have, do they each have a name? Like, like I keep going back to because of my background in, you know, in the Vudan systems, is it like you got Ogun and, you know, Shango and uh, 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 did they have specific names or are these just spirit yeah. that you, so like so for for instance like mine mine are I have Pombajira Maria Malumbo that is my main spirit that's the one that's like my personality essentially is like what she represents and she I love her <laughs> she is like imagine um, the woman in the French Quarter who's had one too many cocktails and she's wearing a feather boa. And she's laughing her ass off, having a fabulous time, and trying to get people to drink with her. Like okay. that's, 
that's that's like my main spirit like it's like woo (laughs) so they're individual to the person they're not like like that that woman that name that you said is something that came to you in spirit it's not something that you can that 500 other people around the world have like an archetype she is oh she's an archetype yeah many people have maria malambo as their spirit okay And, and, and then and then my other spirit who is Pombajira de Salmas is the complete opposite, like quiet and somber. And she's the, she's souls, you know? So she's like the dead, like, and it, the interesting thing is, so I came to this in a very strange way. Years ago, my close friend and I went to uh, New Orleans and in, the interesting thing is the two, the Marie Laveau store and the zombie store, they have quite a selection of Kimbanda statues. Yes. I've never even seen a Kimbanda statue. I didn't even know what, what it was, right? But I was immediately drawn to a statue of a naked woman posing on a coffin. The thing is huge. It's like this big. And my friend was buying her statues. And I was like, I don't know why I need this statue. This is like really tripping me out. And she goes, she's sitting on a coffin. That's like all you. I don't need to go. <laughs> uh, she, she was like buying the pretty lady, you know, like, yeah. like the half naked hot lady. And I'm like attracted to the lady sitting on a coffin, right? So, but I couldn't leave without it. I ended up coming back before I left. And when I got my reading, she was my one of my spirits. Wow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so was, I'm like, I already have her in my house. I just didn't realize who she was. She, you know. So she's yeah. like, so she's basically the one that I have. So she's what's called my working Pombajira. And she's almost more st- stronger to me because Malumbo is me, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a lot more of like what I've grown up with so far. Like this one is like the deep and like the souls and the dead and the medium element of mm-hmm. me and like the heavy chthonic kind of, you know, kind of stuff. Oh, really nice. um, uh, so and, and I, with the Eshu, that's like Eshu Morsego is a bat essentially. He's a vampire ooh. in nature. Um, and then I have uh, Kamina Loa, who's like an Indian. He's got like covered in piercings. You know, he looks like some of my friends, you know, from New York City, like, like a million earrings. And he's just like intense, you know. Um, so they all they all have pers- personalities, you know, and, and you can like really ask specific ones. Like, like initially you, you, you just work with yours. Right. And then so you, you don't want start incorporating a million until you can like wrap your head around the ones you have because it's not like working with Hecate you know and Bridget and Pan it's very different it's very mm-hmm. like it's under your feet it's not above your head you know well realms of Hecate are underneath me but well, yeah, I yeah how do you identify who you will work with you're, uh, you get a reading, it's called the consulta. So, so my padrino did a reading for me where he calls the spirits and he starts talking about who comes up for you. 
and who's your who's your guardians and who's watching you and he's gonna who's gonna help you You're so giving- it's kind of like on your head it's like when like what when, when i got read that ogun was on my head yeah that so basically if they come down yeah, or so come in my, when i got my initial reading like a lot of spirits showed up but you you work with them gradually it's like you want to wrap your head around like those initial ones and then you start to bring in the others depending on what you need them for well, because yeah. I remember years ago talking to somebody about Kimbanda and they, you know, and you basically said what they said is like, they, were, they used to call, they called them ground pounders because they're, they're you know, like, and, and you and I both have a ceremonial background where you're bringing down the light of Keter down into your, into your sphere, right? But the ground pounders or people that are in Kimbanda, they're literally bringing up the spirit from the ground and in. Yeah. So it's coming up through, not down from. Exactly. which is absolutely beautiful. Like it's microcosmic going up. So it's reversing yeah, the system. I mean, you know, even when I like, when I work with them at home, when I put on like certain songs, you know, for them, cause we, we sing, you know, you want to sing and you want to call them. There's a lot of singing. You learn songs specific to each spirit. You know, you blow alcohol on their altars. It's like you, you have a party with them essentially. Yeah. It involves smoking and drinking and not, not that like, that's like the main thing. You don't want to be like, you know, wasted all the time, but you want to convert, you literally want to converse with them. Yeah. Loosen things up just like at a normal party. That sounds great. So I'm going to move along. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I want to keep Renee in, in with us because she's my co-host and she's, you know, I love seeing her. In, in working with us here. So the other thing I wanted to bring up next, cause, cause we are, you know, obviously we, we get an hour and a half stretched. That's our, that's our most. And there's so much to talk to you about. Um, the other thing that I would like to bring up, um, and then we can just go into some questions, Renee, if you want, just some Q&A, is um, your background in Gardnerian witchcraft and Wicca. Um, that is a very, very prestigious, respectful um, space to be brought into. Um, I, my first teacher was Gardnerian. Mm-hmm. Um, before I went into DCW and Druidic Craft of the Wise, um, and working working in the Gardnerian system, working with Gerald through Ger- Gerald Gardner's original ideas of work is amazing. Um, why don't you can you tell us a little bit about that and how you see it crossing over and like like the, I mean I see Gardnerian very much not so much as you know you have the Alexandrian trad which comes off of Alex comes off of Gardnerian. Um, but like, what's it, what, you know, Gardnerian craft, ex, um, explain to people how that, how that went for you and how you found your way in. It's weird because I never really had an interest in it, to be honest. Uh, when I started in witchcraft, I was like 18 or 19. I was like shopping in enchantments in New York city. I was just buying books. And because I'm Irish, I went straight to the Celtic God and goddesses and I actually went even deeper into like Celtic shamanism and then went into like all sorts of, I kind of was reading a little bit of everything because everything was just so fascinating to me. And the idea of Wicca and like Gardnerian didn't really like do anything for me back then until uh, the last few years when a friend of mine who actually also was the one who introduced me to Kimbanda um, approached me because his high priest this had moved and he had known me for many years uh, through other people. And he knew that I was very eclectic in my 
ideas and my work and that he thought that I would enjoy it and that I would work well with the with the system and mm -hmm. um, and so I started working with him and because I had done so much witchcraft initially um, it happened a little faster for me than than most people um, and I'm actually quite amazed at how much I loved it when I really got into it and it was it was almost like I, I feel like I come late to certain things because I need to, I wouldn't have appreciated it earlier. Makes sense. You know, uh, like I feel like when I was younger, I wanted nothing to do with groups. I wanted to only do solitary work. You know, the idea of which wars just didn't appeal to me and I didn't feel like getting involved with other people's energy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, which is funny because now I feel like all, I'm like all my things are technically groups. <laughs> so I've kind of done the opposite now. Um, but it, it just connects me to nature so much more. And it's, it's, it's similar to Kimbanda in that it has the, just the embedded into nature and every little thing, every rock, every tree, every weather pattern, I can feel all of it you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm always reminded, you know, um, I just go to sit in the park and it's like just hearing wind and like have sitting behind under a tree with like the dirt under my feet is I, you know, the gods and the goddesses and the eshus and Pamajir and all of my spirits are always swirling around me all the time, right. you know. Have you, have you ever felt like when you were connecting with weather or when you're connecting with your like natural surroundings that your internal started to affect the external that like if you're yeah. feeling a certain emotion then the weather would change accordingly yeah for sure <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. uh, and i always so, wonder I'm like i'm like is it just a coincidence or is it my imagination you know yeah. it's like maybe a little of both who knows you know so um just so i i i i I mean, obviously I have a background in it, so I, I'm not, I don't, but I don't want to explain it. So why don't you explain to people um, a little bit, just, a, you know, New York Minute, um, just give them a little bit of background on Gardnerian Wicca, what, 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 what that means. Um, basically, you're working with the seasons, uh, the wheel of the year, and you're basically keeping everything aligned so that nature moves when it's supposed to move. Yeah. You know, I've always felt like, um, let's say when we've had to do like a solstice ritual a little late, you know, that I felt like everything wasn't shifting properly, you know, and it's a male and a female partnership. So you're always working with the opposite sex that's a gardenerian specific thing. Um, there are same- yes, there, there are, there's actually in LA, there's an all gar male gardenerian, a gay well, gardenerian say, group. There, there, there are same sex covens. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, but the, Identifying. Or, the origin of it was yeah. just the opposite. Straight like, up, yeah, it was gardener. <laughs> like, look at me, I'm not the most girly, woman you know like mm -hmm. I'm definitely mannish in, in a lot of ways and vice versa um, and a lot of the time I associate with my with my mannish uh qualities way more um so you know but I also feel like my high priest had a lot of feminine qualities too so there was definitely like di that dynamic mm -hmm. um my my favorite part of of gardenarian work is being drawn down upon 
having the oh, goddess. Vesseling? Having the uh, drawing down the moon. Drawing yeah. down the moon, the vesseling the goddess. That's beautiful. Yeah, I really, I really yeah. miss that, um, that interaction. Um, and it, it's, it's so intense. It's like, it's weird. A lot of people, most people that I talk to that do that work, they mm -hmm. are, they're not, they don't remember anything and they're not present like in the body uh, at all. I have the opposite experience. Like it literally comes through me and I am so in it, but I have no control over what I'm saying or what I'm doing or anything. And like, I inevitably cry every time I'm drawn upon. Yeah. Like. Vesseling deity is really intense. It's so intense and so, mm -hmm. like it's, it's impossible to describe. Yeah. Um, and, so, and it's interesting because uh, I haven't done it in quite a long time since I was in New York. And the last few times I did it, I remember the message being like, the shit storm is coming. <laughs> and like, mm. and I had no, I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about. Like I, mm. like I couldn't have predicted yeah. like all of, you know, but it was like, I was bawling every time. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Like, it, this is going to be bad. Whatever, whatever's coming is bad. Well, drawing down, I think it's a lot, it's really good for people. And I'm going to jump in here just for a second. So people understand what we're talking about. So when you're drawing down, so usually in, in, in neo-pagan witchcraft, in the Gardnerian movement, in some of the Alexandrian traditions, when we talk about drawing down the moon or drawing down the goddess, the high priestess is enacting as the physical embodiment of the deity that they're working with. And she has the choice to either vessel that deity and, and speak through her, or she can bring down the goddess to be present in the room but not be in her and this is where this is where we're drawing down the moon and the drawing down the sun is the same for the high priest in, in a group um my, i know in my coven when when my high priestess draws down i mean it's it's like literally the hands of the gods just come right down out of the sky and it just opens up and she does some, I can't, I can't really talk about that. <laughs> I almost opened my mouth the wrong time. <laughs> I just remembered I'm not everybody that's listening to this right now. So yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. But um, I think we should open up some questions because I'm sure a lot of people have questions for you. Uh, Renee, so what do we got? Um, I wanted to actually ask Emma something really quick before we go to audience questions. Because oh. um, you're talking about uh, working closely with the seasonal changes and, you know, watch like acknowledging the solstices and, you know, certain like going with the wheel of the year um, and feeling how that affects your energy and how that affects your magic. I'm curious if you've noticed a shift because global warming is getting worse and the winters aren't as cold. And I'm just curious if you've, if that's had an effect on you magically, if it's something that you've become more aware of or feel more aware of. It definitely affects me for sure. It's funny because like I, I couldn't put like a like a thought to exactly what that was, but you just hit it on the head. Like, and of course I live in LA now, which is obviously I'm not in New York freezing my ass off right now. So my fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it really is. Like the other yeah. day I was like, I have to realize that I'm in like rest and repair mode even though it's like 80 degrees outside mm -hmm. and I can be like in a bikini. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel like the 
just the, you know, the whole global warming and the climate issues definitely affect how I move into each season and how I align myself with the energies of the season. And it definitely feels off. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. like my normal shifts of like when I do certain works, you know, when I do my creative work, when I work on my health and my fitness more and when I rest more, you know, when I spend more time doing yoga and like light martial arts, like Tai Chi, and when I like lift weights and run, you know, like it's kind of all out of whack. Right. Because of, because of that, you know, mm -hmm. because of the shift, you know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I would have never put that thought to it, but yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we have some more questions that were written in advance and then it looks like we've had a couple people enter some in um, on YouTube, but in terms of ones that were sent in advance, um, this person asked, are there alternatives to saying so mote it be? So be it, it is done. Blessed mm -hmm. yeah. be. So mote it be is kind of like beat up. It's so namaste at this point. Yeah. No disrespect, but it, 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 people beat it up without using, you know, using it the wrong way. It's just like saying, so ain't it harm love. Do, so ain't it harm none. Do what thou will. I mean, it's beautiful. But, you know, after a while, it's like, get, it's like a fucking epidural, you know, mm -hmm. and I get that. So, yeah, it's whatever gesture. But you also have to remember that when you're saying that, are you saying it with a, with a, with a point of grace or are you saying it from a point of dominance? Mm -hmm. It is done. Or... Yeah. You know, so be it. You know, it's more, you how, you, more how you say it. Yeah. You know, you can say it. You can say something, and and like the wording is domineering, but the way you say it is very mousy and like insecure. Yeah. It's not going to do anything. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's you a. Don't you don't it? have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that it, it's just thy will is done. You know. You know that you know that's another thing. You know, yeah. make something up that work that you feel that you identify with, that will finalize the magical act that you're doing, and use that ritualistically. And by me saying that, I mean repetitiously, getting to a, a way of saying that every time. But make it up, make one up that that fits for you. You know, yeah. unless you're in a coven that has got a direction that they're following. Usually, your high priestess will have a reason for saying certain things, and even the high priestess. Usually, at least in my system, um, the high priestess usually is the one that's saying that. And then we repeat what she says. That's usually a call and response thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're just doing solo work, you can do whatever the hell you want. And that's the yeah. point. Yeah. 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 Even just a closing meditation, even just to sort of, yeah. yeah, it doesn't even have to be. Yeah. Um, okay. Hi, Sal and Renee, and I'm going to extend it to Ammo as well. I love the show and look forward to watching it every week. I've been practicing witchcraft on and off since I was a teenager, but only recently began taking my practice more seriously. My question is, how can you tell if a spell is working or not? Are there any signs from the universe you look for, or maybe even strange dreams? Thanks again, Bella. Hmm. Sal and I have been discussing this quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? This, um, no, this has come up yeah, in the shop quite a bit lately. Yeah. Um, um, who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll, I'll just go. Yeah, first. go for it. I mean, this is the thing: is that 
you have to do the spell with the thought that once you're done with it, it's already it's done. Done. It's happening. It's gonna happen. When? I mean, honestly, there's no way to put a date on it. Yeah. Because we're not yeah. we're not working with something that's like linear, tangible like that. It's, it's yeah. It's when it's when the universe wants to hand it over, and, <laughs> and it's I, frustrating like that. But that's and it might be a wolf in sheep's clothing. You, you I mean, I'm not, and I don't mean to be broad when I say that. Um, but you know, when you ask for it, it's going to come. That doesn't mean, oh, I need $50,000, but all of a sudden your grandmother gets hit by a car and dies and she leaves you $50,000. That's not what I'm talking about, but things come in their time and they come how they want to get there, you know, and that's also part of it. And you have to see it and you'll be like, whoa, there it is, you know, there it is, but it's right. I mean, and as far as, you know, that answer, mine's short and sweet, it's with ammo. It's the same, which is why we're so much alike, but yeah, when you, when you do it, you walk away and after you walk away, it comes, you know, just get it out of your mind. The key to spellcraft is to get it out of the, the conscious, stop thinking about it and let it do its work. Well, that's, that's why I'm always telling people to meditate and to do stream of conscious journaling because otherwise the hamster in your head on that wheel will spin out of control, <laughs> you know, and you're right. constantly like, not only like your everyday mundane anxieties and worries, but is it going to work? Is it going to come? Ugh. And then it's just like, <laughs> and then it's like, guess what? It's not coming. Mm-hmm. If that's where you're, if that's what you're doing, you just, yeah. you, it's, it's far not, away. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Very if you have to ask yourself far. if it's coming, then you're already defeating your work. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I think that um, sometimes I sometimes I can tell that the energy that I put out there is moving though. Like sometimes days or weeks after I've done a ritual, I'll smell the very specific oil blend that I've used, and um, I have this thing that happens to me when I'm in ritual where I feel like I can hear the planets moving. Like, I feel like I'm hearing, like, I don't know how to explain it other than it It almost sounds like there's like air leaving my ear, like, but it just sounds like a really slow, like, like energy moving. And I hear that when I'm doing ritual, but sometimes I hear it when I'm not in ritual. And so I, it's almost like I'm aware that I don't know exactly how it's manifesting, but I'm aware that the movement is happening. Um, I think synchronicities also are a really good way to, to tell, like, you might not know when it's going to happen or how it's going to manifest, but the synchronicities, like, it's almost that, like, acknowledgement from the universe that, like, yeah, like, we heard you, like, we'll get back to you, but we just, you know, yeah. an, affirm- an affirmation that, like, something is happening. Also, there's something else that I, I you know, I normally wouldn't say this, Um because I I don't want people to put to- so much work into reading. You know, I know it's that old adage of like a parent talking to a child, do as I say, not as I do. Um, but sometimes for me, again, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm better than, it's just that I've got more years experience in this. Um, when I'm doing work, I, I can't give a date or a time on things, 
but I can definitely assess my, my, my components that I'm using and I can, I can read them and I don't ever bring this up. This is the first time I've talked about this um, because I'm just weird about it, but I definitely can look at something and the reaction that I'm getting from like, say the candle, the movement, the wax moving. Um, it's almost like I try not to divine it because I don't believe that that's what I should be doing. I'm not there to divine. I'm there to do spell work. But when I'm burning something and I'm working, um, trying to, you know, work well on an individual because this person hired me to make this go this way so they can get into this space for like a business movement or something. If I'm burning the work, I can look at that and I can see this, this, this person here and I'm broad about it, but I'll be like the guy here that I'm working on, it's good. He's going to need more push. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way this is doing this right now, this person's going to be very stubborn. And, and I'm usually dime to dollar. I'm pretty much on with it. You know, when I, when I can see what's going to need more work, more time, you know what I mean? But I, but I, I don't usually share that because I never want to be a person that is foretelling any future. I'm not, I don't pretend, you know, pretend to be a psychic or a reader. Mm -hmm. I'm a spellcaster, but you know, those are the type of things that I, I do see. So pay attention to your work. Right. Pay attention to what's going on in ritual, not post-ritual, while it's going on. Start looking at how things are moving on your on your altar. It also has a lot to do with the energy that you have when you go into a spell. I mean, like if I'm, like if I have a plan to do something and I'm in like a pissy mood, oh, yeah. I, I won't do it. Because yeah. I'm just like, I'm not feeling this. Like you just have to make sure that like, you know, sure. I always make sure I do a ritual bath and that I'm in like a good headspace. I do a lot of things beforehand to prep to make sure that I'm like in sure. the headspace that I need to be when I do it. And the only other really thing, like I do a lot of candle work and like sometimes I'll notice like if a candle flame is like completely going berserk and like super high, I'm like, whoa, like it's, it's and it's like burns super fast. It's like that shit is coming like in a hot minute yeah. yeah but if something is like super low and barely lit you know and like it takes forever i'm like okay this needs a lot more time to work through and this is not coming anytime soon but again it's like you know i don't i don't like to the same thing i don't like to like predict how that's going to come about and it never comes the way i think it's going to show up yeah ever and that's the problem, I think, that we have like, we're like, it's not only that we want this thing to happen, we want it to happen exactly like this. And that doesn't happen. It never happens like that. It always like shows up through like a person that like, I had no idea it would come that way. It always comes around the back door, <laughs> you know, but you have, I, to, you have to believe it will show up though. Can I show you guys something really quickly? All right, I'm gonna to try to zoom in and I'm gonna show you a picture on something, okay? And this is what I'm talking about specifically. So let me pull in here. Um, where are you? Let me cue it up. Okay, so do you see that? Can you see my screen right now? Can you see bit. that the candle? 
Move it to the left. There you go. Yeah. Uh, do you see that? No yeah. watch. You gotta press play. Press play. <laughs> I can't see it. Mm -mm. Come on, Jim. Listen. I remember that, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. When that shit happens, that's way out of the ordinary. And there's nothing dressing on that candle. There's no dressing there. That was a that was definitely a reaction. Right. You know, but you know, at the same time, and, and, and for those people that are, are new at this kind of stuff, you have to be careful because when you dress a candle and you put oil on a candle or herbs on a candle that is gonna mess with the science. So mm -hmm. it's gonna cause the candle to burn quicker. It's gonna deaden the flame or it can enlarge the flame. It can blacken the glass. Not to discredit what Ammo's saying, but you have to think in those realms too. Because if, you know, one of the tricks that gypsies used to do back in the day when they, oh, you might have a curse on you, burn this candle and bring it back to me and let me know what it looks like. And if it's black, then there's something going on. Well, what they didn't tell them is they went and they put something in the candle to make it blacken. And then the person's freaking out because now the candle glass is black and now they're charging them like 500 to $1,000 to get that off of them. Yeah. yeah so you go, you've got to be careful when you read it. It's, it's yeah. skill, it's time. Mm -hmm. I think we got questions. Is there anything else? We do. Go ahead and start reading the ones that are coming in, Sal. Yes, ma'am. Um, wow, we got 10. We got a ways to go, guys. Um, so let's see. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, what advice do you have to new professional reading or healing in terms of self-care or boundaries? And are there certain energies that that you wouldn't read for? Um, I've had people come to me and claim that they were possessed by something like horrible. And I can tell right away if there's something scary and like evil going on. And I usually will be like, you know, I can't help you. That's like beyond my scope of practice. Or, I mean, it depends. It depends on my mood, honestly, and if I'm like up for something that dramatic. I mean, I have dealt with it before and I'll sit them down and I'll more try to be less reading them than and, and more life coachy about it. Like trying to get to see like what is happening in their life and like how they might have gotten this thing attached to them and how to like clear their energy and just get them a little more grounded, you know, but and I'll usually refer out if I feel like they're beyond my help and it's like there's something seriously scary that, that is attached to them and that's not my that's not my forte. So what about the the, the rest of the, the things? I don't mean to speed you up, but we've got like 15 okay. questions. So I want to give you little answers and I want you to answer them. So the, the, the other part of that is do you have any um, thoughts for, for new readers that, that do this professionally in terms of self-care or boundaries? Lightning round. Always, I always. Lightning round. <laughs> I always do sea salt, sea salt baths, and I'll burn some kind of like cleansing incense when I get home. 
-hmm. always. Um, I, especially, even if you're just around people a lot, like I just get into a habit of doing that. Cause if I'm around a lot of energy, it doesn't matter if I'm reading somebody or not. Um, I'm always like, I bring sea salt into the shower or into the bath. If I'm in the shower, just put it in a bowl with water, dump it over my head. Uh, Palo Santo or sage or frankincense and myrrh, something I like smoke my house out and myself when I get home all the time. Uh, Cause it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I find that um, that's why I'm so big in, into exercise too, because it's grounding. Yeah. Uh, I might go home, I might go home and do like, a, like some light yoga or like some ab exercises or some squats just to like feel like I'm back on earth again, because I'll just fly away, you know, and then this I'll wake up super spacey. This goes right into the next question for you. Um, this is directed to you. Um, so what we didn't really talk about, but this, this will bridge into it, but please remember our time, um, is you're also a personal trainer in the fitness world. So it goes with that. Um, how do you fuse witchcraft work with fitness work? How does having an imbalanced body affect the mind, which affects our magic, magicking? Can you talk a little bit about this? Okay, so your body is your magical vessel. You don't need any external things. The external things are just for visual purposes, so you have something to focus on. Your body is your vessel. So if you're treating your body badly and you're, you're, you know, you're not eating well, you're not drinking water, you're not exercising, then your brain is not going to work properly and you're not going to be able to control your thoughts and controlling your thoughts is how you manifest things, right? So there's, there's exercise, which keeps you grounded and keeps you feeling good about yourself. And that's the number one thing. Exercise is the number one antidepressant yeah. in existence. And most people completely ignore it because it's hard work. That's why it's called working out, right? <laughs> but your body is, as I said, your mag magical vessel. You have to keep this in shape and it helps your magic by being healthy and feeling good about yourself and having the energy to do all these really heavy magical practices because all of it takes energy from your body to do them. You know, like when I read for people, I'm not necessarily giving them my energy, but it's utilizing my energy to, to do my reading, you know, so I have to put I have to like replenish that energy back into my body. So the way I combine it with clients is I always, you know, do a lot of work with them to begin with. I do a reading, I'll do a Reiki session and I'll have like, a, you know, just a conversation to see where they're at and see where their imbalance is because everybody has an imbalance, you know, um, I have, I have an imbalance. I'm always trying to like even everything out, you know, with, everything going on especially now and it's it's even more important now to balance all those practices out and I feel like you know at moments when I've been very physical but not very witchy and vice versa I always feel off you know so I try to make sure that I have an even amount of both good answer um Samantha Silver asks is the podcast on Wednesday Wednesday because it works with Mercury Samantha what do you think <laughs> I'll let you answer that question yourself. Good question though. Um, so JC asks, Ammo, do you program personal training, power lifting versus stretching, et cetera, on days of the week or seasons, like from a Wiccan point of view? 
I have, and I could. Uh, I'm actually working on a, on a new uh, program that is more specified towards the seasons and incorporating different practices for different parts of the year. Um, and obviously for each person, your fitness goals are gonna be different. I've been a bodybuilder, I've power lifted, I'm a yoga teacher as well. Uh, I do a lot of stretching and a lot of myofascial release and a lot of uh, Qigong and Tai Chi as well. So it's like, it's about keeping the energy that's in your body going as well as like grounded and strong and physical. So you have the energy for all the magical things you want to do as well as just everyday mundane things, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Um, Dark Muse asks, uh, this is a general question, uh, and then we can all give an answer on this one. Um, when you've done spell work, but the outcome got halfway to what you wanted, and then it kind of blew up. Should should the person re recast, hire a spellcaster? What do you do? Now, you'd think that I'd be saying, hire a spellcaster. I am about, as much as people pay me to do spell work for them, I always try to get them to do it themselves. Um, I, huh? That's why we have the show, so people can learn. Yeah, yeah, you, you do things yourself, work with it. But, um, you know, Going back to your question, um, you did spell work, but the outcome got halfway um, to what you wanted, and then it kind of blew up. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but um, I wouldn't recast, but because magically speaking, if you went through the actions in a ritual to make something happen, and you... For you might think that you weren't finished, but it very well might have moved into the realm of manifestation. It just might not be the manifestation that you're expecting. Um, I am also a person that believes that um, you shouldn't recast right away. Give yourself, after you do your work, let, let nonlinear time take its course. And after about 30 to 45 days, if you don't see a result, then start to um, reassess and address it maybe a little differently. That's my answer. My answer what do you guys think? My answer would be similar. I was gonna say uh, the blew up thing was like, I'm not really sure what they mean. Yeah, by that. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you have to give it time. You don't know how it's gonna show up. And if you, you've already done it, it's already out there. Doing it yeah. again wouldn't necessarily do anything but show that you're insecure about it working. Exactly. And I would just let it do its thing. And as, again, like reassess later. And probably, you're probably, maybe, the, the, the thing that comes to mind is I've done something and then it hasn't really worked. And then I've realized I did the wrong thing. Or I had, <laughs> or I had to do a slightly different thing. And then it up. No, I was just going to say that too. Because I mean, the thing is like, it's hard without context, but if it was a situation where like you did a spell because you didn't want to be working at a job you don't like anymore. And so you thought to yourself, if I do this spell, like another job is going to come, but like you weren't specific when you were casting. So it was just like, you lost the job and now you're unemployed. So like, I would almost go back and look at like, what exactly did I ask for? What did I do? I would probably like, try to see a reader 
I think if you're super involved with like a spell and a manifestation and you try to read yourself on top of it, it can get even more convoluted. So that's when, Don't it's, do good that. yeah. that's when it's good to go outside yourself. Yeah. Um, Don't for yourself. <laughs> and journal, journal your work, good, bad, and indifferent. Yeah. Because you always want a, a good magician. And this is the ceremonial magician in me specifically, the way I was taught in, in GD is write down your rituals, write down the time, the day, uh, reaction, no reaction, shitty reaction, write all that down because in six months you want to look back, back at that and see what you did. Look at the time of day, the weather, what it was like outside where the moon sat, you know, all that is important stuff. What was going on around you in your life, in the world, write that shit down. And also don't, um, you can't always read like, like when you see like your simple work, especially when people are new, I'm doing a candle and all of a sudden the candle went out and I, then I get a call, Sal. Oh, I have this, I have a cell phone number. This is a no, no. Sal, it's 4.30. I'm sorry to wake you and your wife up, but my candle went out. Fucking light the candle. Remember the three rules I always teach everybody in this, in this, no fear, no guilt, and no self-doubt. You don't want any, any of those three things exist in your witchcraft, you ain't gonna get shit. You have to enforce your intent. You have to make sure it sticks. You light the fucker, you walk away. It goes out, you light it again. Mm -hmm. You can't that's get to the wick, dig it out. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And that's why you take care of your body because that makes you feel confident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it helps you shake off anxiety. Oh yeah. Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm feeling hopped up and like anxious, like mm -hmm. I just start, like I get on my stationary bike or I do burpees or I do a bunch of kettlebells and then I'm so exhausted. I can't worry about it. Yeah. That's a burpee. I'll, I'll teach you how to do burpees so. though. No, yeah, I don't want you to teach me anything. I know you're, I, I, I don't do workout stuff. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, so what were some of the other questions, Renee? Um, um, any, I want to, I know there's more. There's all what, the ones that have that came in through the chat. Yeah. Ask some. Okay. Um, I'm trying to make sure I don't, did you just go in order? Yeah. I just okay. went through the chat. No, they're okay. all done. But I thought okay. we had other ones written down that you didn't, we didn't discuss yet. In the um, well, there was like one person who had a tarot question, but I almost feel like maybe save that one just cause we're on a roll with like, you know, well, you and her are both great tarot readers. I'll, I'll step back on that. You guys should talk. Do you you guys, have you're a tarot reader. Well, they want like cards pulled on a question. Oh, oh, I see. I see. No which I'm, open, which I'm open for, but I'm just like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, um, we've yeah. got, did, well, what about, um, let's see. So did we ask this one? Um, as a personal trainer, are there requests from yeah. clients? We did that. We did that one. Okay, so we went down up. I went to the. I went to the top and went right down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, so we got. I've got more questions to ask Amal if you're okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should go longer than another like 10, 15 minutes. Right. I don't like going um, enough. But. I'm good with that. But um, ammo. So back to a little our little interview here um so i have a background in the golden dawn as you know uh i i i fancy myself a ceremonial magician uh i love what i got to learn um 
I came from a very strict order, which is traditional Golden Dawn. I'm sure, it, as you know, it's very strict. Um, tell us a little bit about being a Thelemite and your background in Thelema and Sorry, the differences the between screaming. and the differences that. between Thelema and OTO for those that don't know, and a background on both. Go. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm part of the Temple of Thelema. And so the Temple of Thelema was started by Phyllis Seckler and Jim Eshelman. And Phyllis Seckler learned the system from Jane Wolfe, who was a student of Aleister Crowley. And the, the TOT, that we call it a uh, short, is basically uh, it's a magical system that has different grades we go through each grade, we have homework, we have a certain amount of time to do each practice and daily practices, you know, and then you go through a whole system like that. It's very, it's similar, but the OTO is more social, at least from what I know of it. I'm not part of the OTO and I never have been, but my friends that are in the OTO, it seems like more of a, uh, there, there's more social elements to it and more working on your own than group work. Sure. Um, I am under the understanding because I consider myself a Thelemite. Um, and he used the, th used the term Thelemite. One, and this is how I see it, and you can please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, to be, to consider yourself to being a Thelemite does not mean you have to be in TOT or the OTO. It means that you acknowledge the book of the law and Aleister Crowley's writings to how you perceive them. Yes. Yes, that, that's exactly it. I believe that, yes, you, you have to look at the book of the law and agree with what it says in it. I also believe that you have to be willing to find out what your true will is in this body. And this is like the ultimate thing about Thelema for me is that you have to, your goal is to figure out what you're supposed to do in this incarnation as a soul and work for the rest of your life to accomplish that goal. Sure. Whether, you know, regardless of what it is, you know, so your, your true calling in this lifetime. So for those that don't understand, know this, um, so first of all, I'd like to say for everybody that is hearing our voices, Crowley as is holy. It's not Crowley, it's not the Black Sabbath song, even though <laughs> that's what he was singing about. It's Crowley is holy. Think of it that way, Oli. So Crowley um, wrote the book of the law in I believe 1917. And uh, while he was on his honeymoon in Cairo, Egypt with Rose and through consecutive nights, he scribed down um, the words of Harpocrat. I believe it's Harpocrat, isn't it? I believe it's Harper Crot. Um, basically, he he brought in the words, and she channeled them. He channeled through his wife, who was not an occultist at all. Exactly. She didn't. She had wanted nothing to do with it. She didn't believe in it. But when she was actually um, in the uh, museum in Cairo at at lot six hundred and sixty six, the stell there's a stell there, and the stell is basically a a slab of of stone with specific hieroglyphics and deities on them. And this was called the Stella Revealing, Lot 666, which was actually the number of, the, of it. And um, she channeled that energy. And then he wrote the Book of the Law 
in three days. And in the three days, this is the acknowledgement of being a thelemite. So now that doesn't mean, that means if she's, what she sees as a thelemite, the book of the law tells her might be completely different than what I see the book of the law is saying. But as long as we acknowledge it for ourselves, mm -hmm. we're, we are thelemites. Exactly. Is that what, about right? Am I okay with that? <laughs> but I mean, so no. how do you see um, Thelema mixed with, and, and, and the differences of the Golden Dawn where I came from? Honestly, I don't know that much about the Golden Dawn to answer that. I mean, I do. Yeah, I yeah. um, there's definitely similar. I mean, I've definitely recognized similarities, but not really off the top of my head. Like this is similar and, you know, this is different. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really, I don't really have an answer for that, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so the Golden Dawn. And again, you can correct me anytime I'm wrong because I don't know everything, but I'm just going off of what I know. The Golden Dawn, um, the, it started, I believe, around 1860. Um, McGregor Mathers was running it and uh, he was one of the, one of the founding mem members was Mathers. Um, and it was a cross of the Rosicrucian systems mixed with um, Masonic backgrounds, because a lot of the people that were, a lot of the men that were Masons were also Rosicrucians and then they made a mystery society mm. in Britain. And um, Crowley came in and became an adept and then promptly was asked to leave because of some drama that was going on because drama always happens in groups like this. Um, and he went off and refounded the series of the OTO, which was actually a Germanic order first. And then he, he revamped that. And then Salima mm. came in when he wrote the book of the law and then he built his order on that. But there, there's definitely a connection between them. And now as part of your, your study in, in TOT is Kabbalistic, dealing with Kabbalistic orientation, Babylon, um, Kabbalah, yeah. uh, Egyptian deities, mm -hmm. things along those lines as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. See. Yeah, I mean, as I, I mean, from what I've looked through, you know, over the years, I've looked through Golden Dog books, and it, it, nothing seems not familiar to me uh -huh. in terms of like the similarities. Maybe probably the way things are worded, you know, how it's organized. The grade system is probably has similarities, but it's not exactly like the work of each grade is probably not the same if you like look at it side by side. So did you like uh, in, in the, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or divulge it, but in TOT is the grade structure built on the tree of life? Like zero, zero, and then zero, one, then zero, two, it's not and then up to portal? Do you have portal not grade? Exactly like that, but I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. All right. Well, I, 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 you know, there's certain things I still, even though I'm not in, I still won't divulge anymore. There's certain things I shouldn't talk about because I, out of respect to the order. And even though I'm not in the Golden Dawn, I always feel that I'm in the current, mm. uh, the magical current of the Golden Dawn. And my HGA is still very active in my life. Mm. Um, but um, 
so how do you now do you utilize ceremonial magic a lot or do you see more of it as macrocosmic um, philosophical working with the self well because i'm in an order i do have daily work that i have to do mm -hmm. uh, so yeah so i do i do ceremonial magic every day yeah so I do ceremonial magic every day i do gardening and magic mainly for holidays and seasonal you know changes things uh Kimbanda is kind of spontaneous, you know, a lot of the time. It's like, all right, it's Friday night. Like, let's have a party. And like, it sounds like Kimbanda is like what you're explaining to me. And it, it really sounds um, very much like the three realms when I work in the Hecatean system. Um, but you've got the microcosmic work, the satiating need of Kimbanda, the wheel of the year. Is, 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 is how you move through, through your life. But then the macrocosmic thelemic, thelemic aspects is more about your HGA and working with the, in the macrocosm. Yeah, they're all, they all cover a base. It's like, I find necessary. Sometimes I'm just completely overwhelmed by, so, by, so, by how much magical things that I do all the time. Um, sure. and, and sometimes I have to like do a little bit more of one thing for a while and like put the other things aside because it's just too much. Mm -hmm. um, but they all hold a very dear place in my heart for sure. Very important. Is Renee still with us? Renee, you in there? She's playing yeah. with the puppy. She's, oh, she's with the puppy. Well, we've got about, about four minutes left and I want to respect Renee's wishes because she's my co-hostess with the mostest. <laughs> um, I want to say personally, uh, first off, I love having you in my life, Ammo. Um, you are definitely all the, as beautiful and feminine as, and womanly as you are, you definitely have the masculine energy that I miss <laughs> in my feminine uh, yeah, aspects of life. Yeah, we are, we are, you know, yeah, you're I very can you. You've never seen me in a pair of heels, but I don't think <laughs> I've seen you in a pair of flat shoes. So, you know. I mean them every day, it's what I wear. But uh, I just want to thank you so much for, for being the presence that you are. Um, you're, you're an amazing reader, you're an amazing medium, you're an amazing occultist. And I love getting answers from you, which is something I rarely get to do anymore. Um, so I very much appreciate you. The Crooked Path loves having you here. Um, you definitely have a home with us and I'm very appreciative. Uh, Renee, I'm very, I'm very happy to be at the shop. I, I'm, I'm happy yeah. that I found a magical home in Los Angeles so quickly, um, as well as my TOT family here. Yeah, and um, so I, I, before you go, um, definitely give us a little bit of information where people can find you. But before you do that, I'd like to let Renee jump in and give some words. Then I'll step back because I have a big mouth. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, just again, to reiterate what Sal said, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being on. Um, I think Sal, you pretty much did a good job of summarizing, you know, what needed to be said. And I think it's just a good time to give Ammo the, you know, give Ammo the floor. The only thing I do, I will say is that I just released um, Aquarius season astrology and terascopes on Witch Doctorate and my other podcast, The Glittercast is back next week. So now, Thanks. Emma, anything you want to, you know, share for people to find you, let us so know. Take three minutes. Go for it. Okay. You can find me on Instagram at fitnesswitchla. Uh, you can DM me there for any kind of personal training information, 
uh, spell work, Reiki, tarot, you know, all the good stuff. Um, I also am a wine ambassador and I am starting back up my, uh, my wine taste, my virtual wine tastings, which I do on Zoom like this, where you just order wine from my links and then you come and join me. And I'm gonna do one for Valentine's Day, probably Saturday uh, the 13th and do some love spells for uh, self-love and to also bring someone to you. So I'll be having that information on Instagram as well. Awesome. So awesome. All right, you guys, this was another awesome one. Renee, I really think we, we have so many great guests coming in the future, um, as long as you, you'll okay them as well. Um, I love the show. I love you guys. I love our, our, our crew. Um, Ammo, you're awesome. 93. Guys, 93. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, <laughs> all the middle. Hail everything in between. Everything in you between. Guys. Yeah. Thank you so much to my lovely co host, Renee. Thank you to the Shadow Crew. Um, I am Sal, your resident weirdo, witch, and we are out of here. <laughs>